1: hair sweet flying through the air it's the way I feel.
0: All, all right everybody hello it is time for not just blowing smoke and we are at the 724 lounge in Londonderry New Hampshire and we are live and we are streaming. And uh, we have Pat, we have Dave, and we have Bree from the 724 yeah, yeah, yeah. Lounge with us tonight. Holla. And uh, tonight we're going to be reviewing a uh, cigar and a pipe tobacco. We do this shit. Did you guys know we do a podcast? Now you know. Now you know. We do a podcast every Tuesday. We've been recording this over at the, the Hooksit location. Goes out on uh, facebook youtube if you're streaming live you can watch it on that every tuesday night at eight o'clock um and then the following monday a audio version goes out on all the podcast platforms uh, podbean spotify itunes google whatever and uh, we're trying it out here we had the idea and if if you don't like it it was sean's idea for us to do it here if you like it it was sean's idea to do it here (laughs) So, uh, you know, let us let us know what you guys think of uh, doing the show live here, but um, every week we review a cigar and a pipe tobacco and we pair it with something from the lounge. So all three aspects of twins, the cigars, the pipes and uh, drinks are all uh, incorporated into the podcast. And tonight we're doing this new cigar from Tatawahe, the Kohonu 2015, which is named actually for one of the quote unquote missing years when the series wasn't produced. Um, Pete Johnson uh, started the Kohonu line in 2003 and had made this promise or had this intention of creating a new blend of this cigar every three years, but he did not do it in 2015 And he did not do it in 2018. So all of a sudden now, in 2022, he decided to do the 2015. And uh, it is a Nicaraguan Habano wrapper, uh, double binder of uh, Nicaraguan tobacco, and also there's uh, Nicaraguan filler. It's a Robusto Grande. It's five inches with a 55 ring gauge on it. And... um, we're pairing it with something special tonight. We're pairing it with a uh, 603 barley wine. You want to talk a little bit about that
2: patio? That's as much as I know about it. <laughs> that's as much as you know about it. We've had it. it on the show before when uh, 603 was on, but yeah, Dan, that's a barley wine.
0: Dan Leonard, the uh, one of the co-owners for the 603 brewery. Anybody been to the 603 over in Leonard Yeah, great, great place. Uh, uh, they do a number of small batch. Um, beers and brews and barley wine, which is not a common thing. is one of the things that they do. And uh, we had a, we had him uh, with us this weekend, actually, for a pipe event. And uh, he brought a bunch of stuff and actually gave Pat that bottle, and he's graciously decided to share it with us tonight. Thank you, Pat.
2: Yeah. The only yeah. info yeah. I'll add to it is yeah. just with yeah. the yeah. history yeah. of Pete Johnson from TAT being a wine guy... I wanted to pair something like this with a wine, and then I think the barley wine, just based on the previous experiences of us actually having it, I think mm-hmm. it's, like, a really good... I haven't had it yet can I'm waiting until everyone else does, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to be, like, a really, really solid pairing with the cigar, so... All
0: right, well, before we get to the, the pairing, let's talk about the cigar. What's the first impressions here is we've lit up. You know, Pete, you know, he, he's one of these guys that everybody's always anxious for the next new thing that that mm-hmm. pete johnson comes out with and in, in, in my in my estimation of the tatua hay line it, 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 the stuff in it is is somewhere between good and great he doesn't create he doesn't come out with something that's bad i like mm-hmm. pretty much everything he's done some of the stuff just seems wicked phenomenal yeah but you know it, so you're you're going to get something that you enjoy no matter what but is this like a like for me the Veracruz blue that came out uh, a few months ago. That was amazing. I thought that was amazing too. The Lara Quesa that came out at the beginning of the year, that was amazing. I want to know: is is this going to be like a third big hit for Pete this year?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting a lot of earth and leather, and the retro hail is just chalk full of pepper. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's hurting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you crying, Dave? A little bit, Bree?
4: Um, well, Tatuaje is one of my top five favorite cigar brands. I've yet to have one that I don't enjoy. This one is, I think, a little bolder than most of the others. I'm definitely getting that bold spice and that pepper yep. Um, initially, and it's actually mellowing out very nicely, and I know we'll get to the pairing in a moment, but I'm getting um in the aroma. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a little bit of chocolate, and there's like a slight like cedar sweetness underneath it mm. but um i'm still getting a lot of that um earth those earthy tones um on the palate as well so everything's starting to kind of melt together really nicely to
0: melt. yeah it's definitely starting with a lot of pepper and retro
2: pat yeah i mean if my memory serves me well i'm pretty sure cojonew translate the balls and it's supposed to be kind of like <laughs> it's supposed to kind of kick you in the balls when you smoke it it's a really strong full body blend it's where you get the
0: word conus
2: Yeah
4: good thing i don't have balls to kick
2: mm. uh, boobs so oh. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, um, know you know but yeah so the on the palette it's like a really thick kind of rich cream it's kind of like an almond kind of nutty cream and then you have like that habano kind of like characteristics like the leather and the spice going on the palette yep and then the retro hail has kind of like this clove, kind of floral kind of sweetness kind of lingering beneath. And then it has like obviously that cream coming forward, and then like a really strong black pepper. A really strong black mm-hmm. pepper in the retro.
0: Yeah. If you're stuffed up, retro hail this, retrohale is, this yep, and you'll, you'll be, be good. Fine. No yeah, need sure. for over the counter medications or anything like that. Um, let's try the pairing and, and see how it goes with the barley wine here. I had a bottle of that he gave me a bottle, too. I had it over the weekend. It's really good stuff. And, you know, I have to admit, I'm not a big beer guy. Um, I'm more in the the hard spirits kind of. I I haven't met a hard spirit I didn't like. That may be bad for a pastor, but uh, I haven't. Nothing. you your prior tuck, I'll I'll take it all. But uh, 603 really kind of opened my eyes to how many different kinds of uh, ways you can brew beer and beer-related stuff. And the barley one is something I really enjoy that uh, you just don't see all the time. Um,
3: to me, it's yeah. bringing out like a like a dry fruit in the cigar, mm-hmm. you know, like a stone fruit.
0: I definitely think it brings out the sweetness in the Habano wrapper. What do you think, Pat? This was your idea
2: yeah it definitely brings that sweetness out it's getting more of that like kind of like floral sweetness i was talking about earlier and then that clove kind of like lingers further on the finish and then because there's a little bit of us like a heat kind of spice on the bali wine it's kind of mm-hmm. like almost refining kind of that black pepper on the palate for the finish from the cigar
0: yeah it, it really cuts down the pepper yeah it's really interesting how pairings do that. You know, you don't think that it can have that big of an impact on on your experience. But uh, you know, from everything we've been able to tell, um, it can make a whole lot of difference what you're deciding to drink with it. What do you think, Dave, you're smoking the glass, smoking the glass. So are you going to talk about what you're doing, Dave, or are you just going to sit and look at the smoke? Well. <laughs> you say it so much better than me. That's, that's minus one, uh, Sean. Sure, sure. You hey know. So Tatawahe is, is coming out oh. with something else in the next little bit could be here any day. The, uh, Drac redux, mm-hmm. um, What's the anticipation on that with you guys? Do you like, are you like on the edge of your seat waiting for the Halloween stick to come out this year? Or is that something
2: you can kind of take it or leave it? I'm kind of like a take it or leave it guy. Like with me, like the Halloween series, Mm -hmm. it's definitely a novelty. But to me, it's like, you know, there's something about Tatuahe Cigars that, i admire and i think a lot of it is kind of like that kind of cuban-esque kind of flavor profile Sure. and i think that the you know and for most people it's a good thing but this is just you know subjective obviously but the mm. halloween cigars to me i don't think any of them minus the the chuck has been something that's memorable from the uh, portfolio so you know i've had the drac it was in the um that monster mash box right last year mm-hmm um, the Redux, I'm not sure what the size is, I didn't look at it, but I know that the Monster Mash um, were e- expressions like a were a little bit shorter, so maybe it'll be different having it be like, I know when the Frank came out last year, that was the first Redux, I think, yes. it, this is the second Redux of the track. Right. and the Frank was really good, but again, it didn't like... Like I would take like the Brown Label Core line over mm-hmm. most of the Halloween cigars. So I think there's a lot of people that are excited for it, and it's warranted. But mm-hmm. personally, it's kind of one of those like, eh, you know.
0: Now you said Tats one of your favorite brands. So is this something that that you look forward to every uh, mm-hmm. October?
4: So as a horror fan as well, mm. um, it, it's kind of an in theory versus in practice thing. So, um. I look forward to the theatrics um, and the fact that Tat offers these lines and that they've gone so far into like, you know, the pop culture, you know, Chuck, Tiff,
2: mm-hmm. Um,
4: But honestly, I haven't smoked a lot of those lines and I feel like I tend to hear the same feedback about them where um, a lot of people love the theatrics of it, but mm-hmm. their preferred Tat cigars are the stuff from their standard line, you know, mm-hmm. the Cajonu, the, the uh, yeah. Barokus. and um, so, yeah, I think that's that's kind of my input. Like I have a Monster Mash box from last year and I still mm-hmm. haven't opened it. You still I haven't, haven't touched it yet, it yet huh? Yeah, it's oh. still sitting there. Um Nice. So, yeah.
0: What about you, Dave? Are you looking forward to the Drack at all? The Redux?
3: Yeah, I'm 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 kind of in the same camp with them, you know. I I not the those that line just really hasn't impressed me that much as in comparison to the rest of the stuff.
0: That's funny. Cause, you know, I mean, I've, I've been fielding calls for the last little bit. And people are, are asking, when it, have you seen it yet? Have you got it yet? And um, they have not yet arrived at Twins. They'll be here any day. I'm expecting them any day. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd shown up today. They didn't. Uh, so probably before the end of the week, they'll be here. But um, I, I'm along the same thing, too. And, and you know, one of the things that, that he has done with the Monster Series is mm-hmm. the, the dress boxes. Right. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's so excited. They want a dress. Everybody wants a dress, a dress box. box. Yeah. You know, and it, it's very few things where I've, I've seen where people are almost as pumped about the box as they are about the cigar now i i know that chuck and the tiff kind of like all fit together into one piece no. do, they, do they all do that no it's just that chuck, chuck just and the the chuck Tiff, tiff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. F- fit together like two pieces of a puzzle and it'd, it'd be kind of, kind of, of
3: nice it. if you could just make like this montage yeah puzzle board mm-hmm. yeah of, like, there's gonna monsters.
0: be two two and there's two variants on the box that's coming out with a track. the red which is going to be the most common and then black so it's like red with Black, you know, Mm -hmm. on it, or a black with red writing and stuff on it. And um, uh, we're getting some of each of those. Uh, I don't know how many of them will be available for (laughs) purchase when they come. Kurt's a big tat fan, so they may all just go into the vault. I'm not sure. It's
2: funny.
4: I feel like like last year there was more hype around the little pumpkin spice cigars that came Mm. up. Like at least amongst us here at Twin. See, that's the one yeah. that
2: I look for, but you know, Tad's not really doing those events at the moment. So the only way you could originally get them is by doing. A, I think Peter's brother had to be at the event to actually get the pumpkin spice cigars, but
0: yeah, Casey or 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 Pete had to be at the event to get a pumpkin spice pack or a pumpkin spice cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I for the last three years, I don't believe they've been doing events, they're still not doing events. Um, and normally, you know, in October, we would do a, a tattoo. Hey, Halloween based event. Um, but th- that's just not where they're at right now. I'm told by Edgar, who's the uh, the rep for them that they're concerned about getting ahead on just having their regular product. So Mm -hmm. they're not folk, they're not taking the time to make event uh, based cigars and special stuff that they Mm -hmm. like to use for their event products so that all of that can go into just their core stuff so that orders can be met. I, I, I do get that.
3: Especially if they're not raising prices at the same time, because of it. So Mm -hmm. here's that
0: Mm -hmm. now Totally on the other side of things, we've got, uh, there have been a number of uh, uh, things that have come out where companies are discontinuing a lot of lines, and probably at the top of this is Drew Estate. Drew Estate has recently announced that they're going to be discontinuing more than 100 SKUs of cigars, including the entire line of Undercrown uh sun grow
3: and they already did natural or mm mhm yeah
0: yep that that all got and that isn't that's not even included in the hundred skews there cuz that already happened yeah so now Drew estate has an immense portfolio of things and some of the things skews that are disappearing are just sizes of cigars that just didn't do all that great or or whatever like you know there there are even some uh uh Liga Nine series that aren't being continued, but they're sizes that I don't think really did all that well anyway and when you have a um limited production of leaf for that series, you want to put it into the sizes that people want and not just spread it out all over the place what do you think of that? What do you, what do you think of all of the, the things? I, Pat, I know you've looked at the list probably. You probably haven't memorized what to do it. But, like, uh, what do you think of uh, – that? it's a huge cut, 100-plus SKUs.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's – we've been in a boom for, like, two and a half, three years now, and there's still – like, it's not really slowing down. It's slowing mm-hmm. down a little bit, but it's still, you know, definitely higher numbers than we've had – You know, in other years. Right. And, you know, companies are kind of faced with a higher demand. So it's like, you know, you need to prioritize getting the vitolas out that people actually want. So I think that the situation's kind of changed now. We have like X amount of leaf and all these skews. And, you know, you might have some shops that, you know, like the underground sun grow might be really successful there, but then that's the minority because typically, you know, obviously they have statistics to show that. That line doesn't sell, and that's why right. they're not just getting rid of X, Y, and Z vitolas; or are getting rid of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Which, to my knowledge, I'm sure it's a tweaked blend, but binder and filler on the Undergrounds are pretty similar, just the wrapper right. difference. So, and then you have, you know, here especially like the undercrown Maduro is a huge seller, especially mm-hmm. the Corona, and yeah. we've had issues here getting those in. So yeah. if you know if it means you need to get rid of a line to be able to produce that cigar, then and that's why Natural got discontinued previously because you know acid was having an issue getting met and natural uses a lot of the infused tobacco that acid uses mm-hmm. so since you know like you have to have acid if you're drew estate being met in shops so if there's a cigar that's a little bit less popular that's kind of adversely affecting the production of the popular line you have to discontinue it and i know yeah. like you know, Steve Saka is discontinuing a couple of the Umbagog lines. Like mm-hmm. Vitola's, I don't memorize. I didn't memorize what Vitola but again, like... Why not? <laughs> I just know it's a couple of them. <laughs> but then even, like, you know, some of the other ones, like the, the, the Sun Grown, the Underground Sun Grown was a big one because it's the entire line. But, I mean, like, both uh, the T-52 and the Number no. 9 Liga, the um, Petit Coronas got discontinued, you know, personally. Short
0: Pantellos too.
2: Yeah, Short Pantellas, which, you know... I like the Petite Coronas just because, you know, I I'm, I like having the quick smoke, but now you look at, like, the Papas Fridas and the Nasty Fridas, and it's like, you really don't need to use the premium leaf on a Petite Corona when you have those options, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, a lot of it makes sense, Yeah. you know, and I'm not really too upset about it. Like, an Undercrown Sun Grown, I mean, I think I've had one, and I've only had one for a reason, you yeah. know, so...
0: Yeah, I, 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 what they're discontinuing, I'm probably not going to miss. <clears throat> but one of the things I thought was really interesting, though, was, you know, <coughs> one of, one of the biggest selling lines that they have, <coughs> excuse me, other than acid, is the tobacco, especially the Dolce line, which is the Connecticut wrapper and the tobaccos are coffee infused cigars and they have like 10 different sizes I'm estimating off the top of my head it's eight or ten sizes and the ones everyone wants are robustos Toros and the 660s and those sizes are not in stock they haven't been in stock for they, they it it's amazing yep. how we can't can't get them what they have in stock are like lonsdale's petite coronas uh bellicosos you know all sizes that traditionally are the slow movers at at, at most shops in the country ironically all of those odd sizes are what's being discontinued yet. There's still no, (laughs) right. There's still no production. There's still no production of the stuff that everybody wants. So I'm like, I'm hoping that now that they've made this decision, we're finally going to be able to get a regular influx of the, the Dolce and the, uh, the, especially the, the Toro and the Robusto, Mm -hmm. um, the, the gord the gordito the six sixty we sell so you know, many of those in hooks I, we That's could crazy. we could get they come in little twelve count boxes but the toros especially mm-hmm. are the big winners and it is it's it's been frustrating and I know it's frustrating for them too it's you know just not being able to have the production of those but I'm so glad they're paring that down so that they're going to be able to focus on the sizes that actually sell. Yeah, yeah. There you go.
3: No, we sell a lot of them at a hook set. We've got a lot of regular customers, especially for the Dolce. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of which, you know, I have like probably a couple different people that are have my personal sell just so I can let them know when they finally come in. Yeah. As soon as they come in, they're gone. We don't even have. I think the only Dolce we have is the Corona,
0: right now. Yeah. So, which just goes goes to show you, you know. Um, Getting back to the cigar here. To me, the spice is really just toned down. Even apart from mm-hmm. the beer, it's you know it seemed like that that real strong black pepper was really in the first quarter inch, half inch of the cigar, and now it's really mellowed out. But it's very smooth. Still got a lot of that earthy, leathery, dark cocoa notes to it. Um, still got that kind of lingering sweetness on the palate, but um, that. Big blast of black pepper in the retro is not there for me anymore. Has that changed for you guys as well?
4: Mm-hmm. I think this um this pairing. I, I didn't expect it to be as good as it is. Um, you think of barley. <laughs> I no, Pat. no. That's <laughs> you, you think of barley wine and barley wines almost like you took um, something like an Oktoberfest or a lager and mixed it with like a lighter porter. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it's really thick. It's rich. It has it almost has like that bitterness behind it. Mm-hmm. Um Typically, I don't <clears> think it's something that I personally would enjoy um, like very frequently alone, but in the context of this pairing where you have so much pepper in the beginning, it, all, it takes the edge of that off, but the cigar itself also does that on its own. So as mm. it's going on, it's just making for something that you don't have to think about. It's one of those pairings where you find yourself puffing and sipping, and you're not really thinking about, oh, that's an interesting flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like the barley wine outdoes the pepper of the cigar, and then the bitterness of the barley wine. Um, the cigar takes away that bitterness, mm. so it's it's a really complementary pairing. I know in the past we've said some pairings are enjoyable but contrasting, and that's why they're enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And then some are just truly complementary. Right. And I think this is one of those truly complementary pairings. What do
0: you think, Pat? Are you? Would you agree with uh, Brie?
2: Yeah, I mean the cigar. <laughs> going on in the second third, like that really like robust black pepper definitely kind of steps back. It's still there though. If you do like a full retro, you're going to still kind of blast your nose a little bit. But I mean, the thing about this cigar that I enjoy so much being like a more fuller bodied smoker is mm-hmm. it's very like the body's very thick and it has a lot of kind of oomph to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. very strong cigar. I know a lot of people look at this and think it's just like a regular brown label tat but it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's I'd say this is other than the Fosto, this is probably one of his more stronger cigars. Mm-hmm. They do and, put more
0: Hero in this because of the yeah.
2: ring gauge than they do in the normal brown label. Yeah, so, and then with the Bali wine, yeah, it's it's very complimentary. Again, like, it kind of helps refine that spice with the cigar, but then the cigar is kind of taking away some of that bitterness from the Bali wine. Mm-hmm. So and that's kind of why I decided to do it, because Pete, again, drinks a lot of wine. He's a huge wine guy. So mm-hmm. I imagine that he probably factors that into when he's blending, just because that's what I would assume he's pairing everything with. So
0: yeah, well, I mean, and that's one of the interesting things, especially with the with the barley wine. I, I'm getting kind of a lingering little red wine kind of finish on the palate.
2: Are you getting that too? Mm-hmm. It's like a uh, Italian red mm-hmm. kind of sweetness to it. Not a, not a chili, but. A- Italian. Italian red wine. That's a kind of wine, Dan. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So is it Chilean? Chilean. Oh, oh. I thought you said, said
0: Chile. <laughs> I was like, where'd that come from? Chile. Get with your own comments. Dave, what do you
3: think? <laughs> For me the pepper really hasn't died down only when I take a sip of the barley wine. Like uh um I retrohale a lot, so I don't know, it's still tearing me up. But um I think it's your eyes I think are it's looking a
0: little baggy. <laughs>
3: I think it's a uh, i think it's a good complimentary pairing as well um I personally would have would have rather have had a bourbon with it
0: mm-hmm. but why do you think what what do you think that how do you think the bourbon would have acted with the cigar differently
3: well i'm I'm thinking of something like maybe like smooth ambler that's got like that real smooth caramel
1: mm-hmm
3: and i feel like that would just kind of like really balance them both out like really well i don't know i'd like to try it but i think this is a good pairing i just think that i don't know i would i was uh i'd rather have bourbon that's where i'm leaving it.
4: i feel like the cigar is kind of versatile where you could almost pair it with something different for a completely different experience because mm-hmm. like I as it keeps that. going on like you know you do get that on and off pepper and like if i feel like if you wanted a pairing that maintained the pepper Mm -hmm. you would put it with like a bourbon you you know if you wanted to keep it like a more like smooth relaxed pairing then you know you pair it with something like um you know a barley wine or a wine right um or you know maybe something that's like mixed but i do
3: have to say though that the pairing tonight they don't take away from each other Mm -hmm. at all no You, you know you know the the so the the um, the wine and the cigar are both perfectly, you know, in their own. It's and, that, and that winter, is rare. Yeah. That is rare for us. You know, usually mm-hmm. something gets detracted where it's just mm-hmm. you lose something, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that is a huge plus.
0: Yeah. Um. Let's do a little cigar confessions <laughs> with Pastor Padron. Mm-hmm. And uh, my confession tonight is that... Uh, uh, for a good while, if I was handed a cigar by a rep or was given a cigar by somebody, I would smoke the whole thing, even if I did not like the cigar and it was it it had to do you know basically my excuse was you know poor pastor Padron, you know, I need to get the most out of every cigar I get <laughs> because you know it 's not like I'm made of money but um I have gotten to the point now where, um, so I would feel guilty putting, if I didn't finish a cigar, even if I didn't really care for it, I would like, like I was wasting it. You know what I mean? And I have come to the point in my life where I have reversed that process. If somebody hands me a cigar and I really don't like it, I am guilt-free if I put that cigar down and don't finish it. Life is too short do you to now, smoke. Do you Do you know How Stuff that you don't like.
3: Do you now have a bag next to your desk, filling up with uh, shop cigars, like someone else did? <laughs> I,
0: I I do we I do have a a little humidor in my office that that uh, I put the 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 gift cigars in from the from the reps. Um, And, you know, every, everybody likes to, you know, everybody, when you're at work and you're working, I I don't need to smoke something great. I mean, you're working, you know, so if, if I'm at home, if I'm with friends, uh, hopefully if I'm on the podcast, (laughs) we're smoking something (laughs) we we actually (laughs) enjoy, you know, I mean, there's no point in talking about a cigar you don't like. I mean, so, you know, the cigars we have on here generally, even if they're, it's a, first time smoke for us the things we're pretty sure we're gonna we're gonna so, enjoy so,
3: so when are we smoking the dulce <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not but um
0: uh, we don't have any <laughs> <We> don't, <laughs> true yeah. Enough. yeah you know but um uh right now it's it's I, i'm just at that point where you know I and i've done it several times in the last few weeks where i've taken it smoked a cigar for about five minutes and then just put it out. And there's something about seeing a cigar that is like mostly unsmoked in a in an ashtray that just drives me nuts. Mm. You know. But where where are you guys at with things? Do you do you smoke the thing until it's gone, or do you are are you at that point in your life where you know if you're not enjoying it, you're gonna put it out?
2: I mean, I'm at the point where like there's so many new cigars in the humidor that is like on the docket for me to try so I can kind of speak to them more. Mm-hmm. And I just get beyond frustrated when like a rep comes in and they give you something that they've given you like 10 times. <laughs> it's been out for like 10 years, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just, I don't know. I guess that's where I'm at with it. Like whenever I get a sample from a rep, I just kind of like, it's, it's a give me cigar. I give it to somebody else cause I've had it already. And it's like, mm-hmm. Be more, like, productive. Like, if you have a new line that comes out, give one of those out so we can get behind it and and kind of speak to it. Because, you know, you can't really expect, like, your tobacconist to buy every cigar that comes out. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at with it. I mean, if it's a good cigar, then I'll smoke it. But, you know, more often than not, you get something you've had ten times over. And it's, like, it's better off just letting somebody else who hasn't had it try it that you know, you know.
0: What about you, Brie? You're
2: so not, i'm
4: not. i'm an all ends of the coin person um because i i feel like it <laughs> re- coins
0: have ends oh yeah <laughs> the, the, the little
4: ridges you know each oh, little, each little yes. divot. Yes. Um, yeah yes. so i feel like it kind of depends on your purpose like you know like us working in the cigar industry, um, whether you're a consumer, whether you're a cigar reviewer, if you're just smoking to pass the time. Um, so like, I feel like if, if you're going to do a review on a cigar, it is important to smoke the whole thing because, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, how was that last quarter? I feel like if you are a consumer of the cigar and you're smoking it for your own purposes, there's really no point in, um, you know going past the point that you don't like unless you're willing to give that cigar a chance mm-hmm. um and then i feel like of course when you're selling cigars it's useful to know how like the whole cigar smoked but at the same time i wouldn't say it's detrimental i kind of agree with pat on the notion of you know if you smoked it before Um, there's no point in wasting it. I mean, of course, a lot goes into every cigar that's made and like you, you kind of respect that process. So there's, there's almost like no point in lighting it up if you know that you don't like it. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it kind of just depends on like the experience you're looking to have. Um, I think all of us, working here are guilty of having that stash of cigars that we're okay with putting down and forgetting about yeah i can speak to that being on the bar you know i'm not gonna light up my favorite cigar when i'm working absolutely because it's just it's it's gonna Mm -hmm. get lit up and it's gonna sit there and i'm gonna be like man i wasted that cigar um so i think that we all kind of low-key have those cigars that we're okay with putting down and Mm -hmm. then those cigars that we it's really important for us to smoke to the end
0: what about you, Dave? I know you smoke like a chimney.
3: Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, only only recently have I put down a cigar that I really don't like, and it's just kinda, I I just feel like you know what I don't like this. I'm just going to stop smoking it, and that it's taken me years to actually do that, where I'm just like done with it. But it's not often no. though; it really isn't, because I I pretty much like almost enjoy almost everything, and I can't even remember the cigar that last one that i put down you know after like smoking like uh you know half an inch of it just be like i'm done with it but
4: you can kind of tie that even back to like like drinking you know mm-hmm. it's like so if, if people are like just drinking to the drink then they're yep. not going to care what they're drinking they're just like whoop shoot it down but if you're like trying to enjoy the drink and it's really bad and you really don't care about uh, the after effect then you're mm-hmm. probably not going to finish the drink i've seen people walk out on you know full beers because but they were like the i just after can't get is through what it you're going for. yeah then you're gonna down anywhere. that <laughs> <laughs> oh and i guess goodness.
2: to answer your question more directly because i kind of like reverted it to something else like mm-hmm. i think whenever i decide to actually smoke something it's i don't really think i've actually if it's something i haven't had before mm-hmm. I've put it out completely. I mean, mm. if there's like a construction issue or I'm fighting it, that's a different story. But, yes. Mm-hmm. But cause you know, even if I don't like it, you know, I made a decision to smoke it and maybe somebody else would like it. So mm. I, I give it a chance throughout the entire thing to kind of make that determination. So if down the road, somebody's like, you know, I like this, this and this, even though I may not like that, you know, Oh, I, you know, th- this is what you want to get. So I, I don't think I really often put one down unless it's like a, big construction issue and you just can't yeah. smoke it. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, and, and to your point, um, I totally agree with you, Pat, that, that, you know, when the, the idea of cigar reps being able to, to give samples to tobacconists, um, the whole point is to get them familiar with your line to hopefully, you know, what what happens is you light it up you're smoking it and somebody comes in and says what are you smoking well i'm smoking that it's advertising for them right but to your point they don't always give the latest and and greatest thing and and that can be really frustrating Uh, you know but arguing from the other side of things not every company you know will give the new cigar to the rep to hand out and Just like, you know, the tobacconist doesn't necessarily have, you know, 300 bucks to throw at all the new cigars that come in in a a given time. You know, the, the reps don't have, you know, that kind of money to go out and buy a box or two boxes of cigars and then just hand them out to everybody in New England. You know, and that frustrates me that when when companies don't give them the new thing, because you're right. You know the the we're the we're the front line of people who are actually selling the stuff and if we're not given that opportunity to uh not only try it but hear the story hear about the blend you know why this is something that they decided to add to their portfolio um it's a whole lot more difficult to sell
2: i think my view on it mainly is like if you're giving samples to tobacconists it shouldn't be kind of like oh lucky you i have a cigar for you and they give it to you and it's like whatever like ooh, i guess ooh, my like it, it should be a productive exchange not well, just like bad. oh i visited this shop exchange and i productive and i gave exchange. these guys a freebie cigar so i look like whatever like i guess my best example is like mike from rocky patel like he <laughs> no 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 he no he has so many so he would ask me what i want or what i haven't had and then if he has something similar that cigar he'll give it to me mm-hmm. you know what i mean and sometimes it's the newest thing again rocky has a lot of you know cigars and i think those reps you know get a good allotment but yeah it, it's just it shouldn't just be like oh i just came into the shop and i just gave everyone a cigar you know whatever yeah. it, it should be productive
0: <laughs> smoking,
2: good. But, smoking good right now but i smoking haven't had it at that point i have a decade <laughs> but it's like it, it should be productive like we should get something out of it and then the rep should also if it's advertisement or whatever because at the end of the day like whenever i'm working typically i try to smoke something that i haven't had because i'm working so you know i'm right. not going to sit down and always light up an opus or a Liga, which sometimes i do but you know it's i, I want to have something because i'm getting sure, I'm if, if i don't like it at least i'm getting paid to smoke it at that point right mm-hmm. but You know, I want to have something that I can use to kind of better that experience in the humidor. So it's just good if you're going to if you're going to smoke something that's given to you, it's good that you have some, you know, authority to kind of say what it is. So it's something you haven't had or maybe you haven't had in a while or, you know.
4: I kind of see that being how like like misrepresentation happens because, you know, say like there's a line or a brand that you're completely new to, you've never heard of it before a rep hands you a random cigar and it might be a great cigar for someone else, but it's just absolutely not what you like for your cigar palette. Right. And it's going to ruin that brand name for you in, in a way like you're going to, I think you might kind of write off those cigars because you're like, yeah, I don't know the sample I smoked really wasn't great. And it might've just been that it was just a mismatch of what you prefer in hmm. your palate. And they might have a great cigar in their line that works for you better.
3: This make, this discussion really makes me miss Paul because Paul really loathed anything from the sweeter side of Drew Estate. And to to see him, like, you know, light up an acid 20th, and there's... (laughs) Smash it! Like
2: <laughs> not even like two seconds after we lit it,
3: it was just the best thing ever, man. It was so fun to watch him, and we all loved to him about. I remember
2: once there was a a rep that came in that gave us a freebie cigar, mm-hmm. and I was working with Paul, and <clears throat> we let him up. And then the rep wasn't gone; he went back office to go talk to Sean. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul and I were smoking this thing, and we're kind of like, "eh, this thing kind of." You know, sucks. And, you know, I won't put it down. And then Paul was just like, you know what? Like, if we had a sensor button, it would be like, it. He took it and just bashed it on the ashtray. I don't think he knew the guy was there. And the guy walks out, like, hello, oh, cigars. And then you just look at the ashtray and this full cigar is just, like, implanted in the ashtray.
4: And then I was like,
2: oh, yeah, so it's, awesome. um you know, it's good. And then Paul was like, I'm going to go with the headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> right <in the> bathroom. <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
0: That's awesome. God bless Paul. Yeah. Some... Oh my. But, uh, what's the final verdict here on the uh Tatawahe twenty fifteen? Have it, have a first. Was, was it, was it she, worth yeah, the wait? She's wearing it now. <laughs>
4: You had to call me out. Oh, debris. I'm an actual debris. Um, debris.
1: <laughs> debris. Yeah,
4: I don't know. Like, this this is a one of those pairings I don't want to put down. Like, I'm like, yeah, let's keep talking so we can finish this cigar. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: right.
4: It's um from, like, the last 20 minutes of smoking this, like nothing has changed and that's in a good way Mm -hmm. um like for a minute i was starting to get a little bit of the spice back and normally you do kind of see that towards the end Mm -hmm. um but it's not coming back as harshly as um it does with some cigars it's um it's still building very mildly but then it just completely mellows out again Mm -hmm. um and you know i find that whenever it does start to build and then you take a sip of the barley wine Mm -hmm. again you just get that interplay of all the flavors and um that balance Mm -hmm. it's some. it's just really satisfactory
3: mhm dave yeah for me this hasn't changed much at all either it's still a pepper bomb um which i love um it's very for the flavors that you get it's very well balanced yeah um and this this is probably one of my favorite tattoo eyes definitely excellent
2: Pat yeah. The trick. Cajonu line is probably my favorite tat line. That's line. Other than the Havana Casado Brown label is like a staple for me, but mm-hmm. when it comes to the entire line, it's the Cajonu. And so the, uh, 2009 historically is my favorite, because it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a Cuban Corona Bellicoso. Yep. So, and I, again, I'm a small gauge guy, but the 2015, this is the third time I've smoked it. Like it's i need to have another 2009 and just make the final judgment but this thing is phenomenal and i've had all the cojones the 2003 is also really good but we haven't had it here for a while right had all the balls (laughs) so (laughs) it's phenomenal i mean if you enjoy tattoo especially a brown label but you're more of like a fuller-bodied smoker you get a lot of the same appreciation from the brown label but it just kind of kicks it up a few notches and you get like a lot more of that I'll kind of call it like that kind of Cuban black pepper. Like mm-hmm. it's very like oak wood, very like, you know, like corn, uh, peppercorn. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it has a lot of nuances to it. And then again, like if you want it it relaxes you. But it's, it's a strong cigar. Yeah. And then it's one of those cigars that, you know, if you are smoking just a Coralline Brown label, you know, the some, you know, barrel proof bourbons or something that you may not be able to pair it with just because, mm-hmm. like, again, that's like a kind of a solid cuban medium so kind of mm-hmm. like a mild plus for us but then the cajonu like again like to the point we made earlier and dave made a point about having a bourbon with it like this cigar you could have with a coffee mm-hmm. you could have with a barley wine if you want to get like a stronger like the old Foster barrel proof that we have here like that could go with it like it's really kind Very of an all around versatile cigar yeah yeah
0: and I, I just want to point out, too, the construction has been amazing.
2: Yeah.
4: So I was going to kind of go back to that on the whole ash comment. So mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 debris, I admit it. But a lot of times I've noticed that I get this, like, kind of ash hypnosis. When the construction is so good, you're staring at the ash like, no, I'm not going to ash it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ash it yet. Mm-hmm. And it just it just goes and goes and goes. I think I ashed a cigar, like, maybe once when, since I've started it. And, like, you just get... So into how beautiful the ash looks that you just kind of forget about it. And then, yeah. of course, this happens. So I think that's almost <laughs> a key for me to how good the construction is when I get to that point where it, it's just.
0: Yeah, I may I may have missed it, but I, I don't think anyone had to touch it up. Mm-mm. I don't think anyone had to relight. Um, and the burn has just been fantastic on this thing. It's, I only touch fantastic. up when I ash
2: because I smoke slow. So it's not the cigar. It's just me making sure it. I know you're the green egg of the group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but no, it, it wasn't like I didn't have to touch a cigar up. I just didn't want to do what Bree did with the ash, so I <laughs> made sure I asked it. I was lucky; I had like over an inch
3: ash, and I just
4: Pat's better than when I would to the ashtray and it fell <laughs> off. Yeah,
3: but it's,
0: it's that, and that's that's we talked about it last week. I mean, this is such a great example of how a, a, so you want to be you don't want to be like getting rid of this this is mm-hmm. what keeps your cigar burning right yeah. the ash traps the heat in which keeps all the burning regular and everything and so when you put it over the ashtray and it just kind of falls off that's exactly what you want you shouldn't be you know tapping it you know and and again i'll bring up paul he was he was he had he was a no tapper. problem tap 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 wap 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 and then when he's done, you know, crush the thing like he's freaking Hulk. <laughs> I'll have another, yep. you know, it's just crazy.
2: But back to your original statement in the beginning of the show about, you know, whether or not the Kohonu 2015 is kind of up to par with mm-hmm. the other releases he had. I, I think 100% it is. I think this is probably in the top three that he's done. The only thing that he's released this year is a Tuxla series that I wasn't a huge fan of. Mm. You know, that's just mm-hmm. me. But... You know, he, he's, like, right... Like, him and Sokka, to me, are, like, neck-to-neck neck for the year and releases. Mm-hmm. Sokka's a little bit above just because I'm more of that, like, kind of Connecticut Broadleaf kind of guy with yeah, Andreas, yep, but mm-hmm. it's, like, Pete's had a phenomenal year. Like, yeah, everything definitely. he's putting out is just great, you know, and even though I didn't really like the Tuxlas, like, we had a bunch of them, and they sold out, I'd say, less than a month. Mm-hmm. So, and then I've had a lot of people ask for more of them, which we only have the, um the i yeah, right on now. Yep. So that obviously was that album. was a great release and yes. just because I didn't like it doesn't mean other people didn't. But right. yeah, all the other ones he's come out with, like, which I I'd say if you factor sizes it's probably close to maybe 10 cigars. Mm-hmm. 8 to 10 maybe. And yeah, they've all been really good. So he's had a great year. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Which if you're not going to do events, if you're doing that, I, I can come to peace with that because yeah, if, if you're exactly. doing a good job like producing and new releases and i i can kind of accept the focusing on that other than doing your kind of bnm events
0: right all right so that's what we think of the cigar we're going to take a little bit of a break and when we come back we're going to be switching over to the pipe and we're going to be smoking peterson's university flake we'll be mm-hmm. right back all right everybody we're back thanks for hanging in there with us and we are now smoking this peterson's university flake we smoked something a couple weeks ago called peterson flake that was not the same thing it's one of the confusing things that uh uh in the uh, pipe world that um when dunhill uh decided to get out of the uh uh pipe business they got out of everything actually that had to do with tobacco um uh scandinavian tobacco group um bought the rights to the blends they've been making them for them anyway for about 15 years they just bought the rights to peterson's pipe tobacco so they slapped peterson's because they now owned it Mm -hmm. on top of the flake and so you have peterson flake but this has always been a peterson tobacco this is not something that uh dunhill did that's been rebranded university flake is uh something that peterson's had out for a very long time and um Interestingly, uh, we here at Twins ordered um, University Flake back in June, and it just showed up. So it's a very, very popular thing uh, in the pipe world. And it is a, I'll read, it, read you what it says from the tin. Uh, Peterson's University Flake features a traditional mix of Virginia and Burley tobaccos that are slowly pressed for days into cakes of tobacco and then sliced into delicate flakes a subtle plum flavor further enhances this remarkable blend
1: Mm. remarkable
0: blend uh it is manufactured as i said by uh scandinavian tobacco group burley in virginia they put a plum topping on it it's a flake cut it's a 50 gram tin and um brie what are we um Uh, pairing with this tonight we have a cocktail here Mm -hmm. Yeah, so
4: we are pairing our iconic 724 Mm -hmm. lounge old-fashioned so our standard mixture for this cocktail um, and we do our old fashions the old-fashioned way Uh, we don't do any of the extra muddling juicy juicy mixy mixy stuff um, we just do a peel of orange, a Luxardo cherry, a little bit of simple syrup, which is a sugar-water 50-50 ratio, mm-hmm. just about maybe a little more sugar. Um, and then we use Old Forester. Um, mm-hmm. We've alternated between 86 proof and 100 proof. Um, this is the 86 proof in okay. these old fashions. Um, old Forester tends to be a more peppery, bold, forward bourbon. Mm-hmm. And um, those, I think... In my opinion, or what to tent or what tend to go best in old fashions, um, mm. because you know you're truly enjoying the spirit as it is, but you're also kind of infusing it with like the little bit of bitters, the sweetness, um, the the mixture of the ice, and, and it pepper kind of, and
0: orange go so well together. Too.
4: They do, yes, especially yeah. with a pipe tobacco.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, Dave, uh, you're a big Virginia guy. This is a a lot of Virginia and a little bit of Burley. What what do you think? What are you picking up it, so far?
3: I think uh, the barley is definitely mixing with the Virginia's um, pretty well. Uh, as far as like i uh, I'm definitely getting the plum. Mm-hmm. You know that's very evident on my palate. Uh, I'm still getting a little bit of a little bit of hay, maybe more like you know the stone fruit, mm-hmm. um, and the retrohale is very smooth and creamy.
0: What do you think, Bree?
4: I would have to agree with that. I think um, one thing I like about this pipe tobacco is that um, I feel like a lot of the ones I've smoked recently, you get like this really intense like pepper that just like mm. it almost it takes your palate a minute to kind of readjust and pick up on the other flavors. Mm-hmm. But this one right off of the initial light um you only really got a very, very quick hit of spice and then it was just, you know, that mixture of stone fruit, that sweetness, that slight mesquite flavor underneath. Right, right. Um, so it's already a more enjoyable pipe tobacco for me.
0: Mm. I think the plum topping and the uh, old-fashioned are playing really well together. Oh, I, I haven't even simple. tried it yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you should try it. Mm. While you're doing that, I'll get the uh, Pat's impressions here.
2: Yeah, that's like a really kind of like doughiness to it on the palate on the draw and then that plum topping comes out it's it's not to me it's not like really pronounced plum it's no, more it's, of like it's... a stewed fruit kind yeah. of sweetness yep it's not like to me when i have like a plum sweetness it's like very like deep and rich and dark mm-hmm. but it has a little bit of a bitterness that kind of goes with it mm-hmm. And, like, with this one, it's it's more of that kind of, like, rich, dark, sweet fruit. Yeah. So, I'm not getting much of that kind of bitter. And not a bad bitter either. Again, like, the peel of a plum no, kind no, of bitter, and, you know. But, so. I,
0: you know, I, I, to me, the plum, you know, when you're pressing tobacco together into cakes, you have to have some kind of, you know, liquid there in order to have it hold together. Otherwise, it's just going to fall apart. It's just going to be like a crumble cake kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And... You know that the trick is to use whatever topping wow. or bourbon or or a thing that you're using, so that it brings out the natural stuff that's in the tobacco and not knock you over with the flavor itself. You know, so to me, you know, there's plum top topping on here, but I think it's bringing out more of that sweetness in the Virginias. Oh yeah, and really. I think it's deepening some of the the burley flavors. Uh, you know the the nuttiness, the earthiness, the little cocoa notes you get um i mean not that i can't discern plum i i do but i i think it's more of a a background player to everything else you you know what i mean
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's more it's more like a condiment yeah you know so that you can enjoy the flavors of everything else that's there it's a garnish just, just like yeah it, i mean just like you know the you you um Put the, the cherry in the drink, you put the, the little bit of orange peel in there, um, and that does affect how the the drink happens, uh, but it doesn't really take away from things. You know, it's, it's like salting a steak. You don't want to salt it so much that all you are appreciating is salt. You want the salt to bring out the best of the steak. That mm-hmm. makes sense? Mm-hmm. I think we talked about that before on the show. I think you actually brought that up, Pat, if I'm remembering right. I think
3: so. A while ago. Yeah. I think the drink is really amplifying the sweetness of the tobacco.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Big time. In
0: a good way or a bad way? Oh,
3: in a good way. It's bringing out my favorite parts of the Virginia, like the stone fruits. The stone fruits. Um, uh, well, the stone fruits.
0: <laughs> Stoned fruits
3: stoned i just like stoned i like
0: saying stoned oh my goodness
3: Um, they're dazed and confused
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um while we're getting into this a little bit let's talk about the fact that on the 28th of this month october we're having a big halloween day or evening here at twins um we're gonna have uh, a big uh, special event with Aladino Cigars, uh, with Edgar Dekarmanji. And um, there's going to be all sorts of specials with uh, Aladino Cigars. Box buys. So we're we're going to have a special pack together that you can get beforehand, I believe, to kind of let you taste through the Aladino line, so that hopefully when you come back uh, on the day of the event, you're going to want to get more. You're going to want to get a box of something but we're uh, you know in in their line we're also going to have a a number of uh pairings that are going to be available up here it's going to be really awesome we're going to and one of the things we're doing to kind of make this fun is we're doing a haunted humidor we're going to have some smoke going we're going to have the lights changed it's all going to be kind of spooky spooky music and one of our uh, bartenders uh, Alyssa, Elise. Is, Elise, is she does Halloween makeup. She does real horror type stuff. Nice. And so uh, a number of us are going to be in costume, including myself, including Ooh. Pastor Padron, and um, it's going to be it's going to be really fun. Are, are you planning on being there for that, Brie?
4: I unfortunately will not be here. You will not be here. Much. That's like I, your... I actually wanted to be here this year. For... Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I will not be, but, Where will um, you be? I'm actually going to be probably <coughs> at a wrestling event in Connecticut and possibly seeing some haunted dolls, depending, maybe nice. I might go see, uh, That's cool. Annabelle. No be way. This, yeah. That'd be so cool. Fingers crossed. It happens. But <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> so I couldn't goodness. pass up that opportunity. Yeah, right?
3: <laughs> well, it's hard to pass up.
4: Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm. Side note. Side, Side is- note. If you have the cherry, chew it and kind of like coat your palate and swallow it and then take a draw from the pipe. It brings out like another like level of that plump sweetness have that we were talking about. Mm.
0: I'll do that in a little bit. That leads to this this question here, and that is how how seriously, how deep do you guys get into Halloween? Oh. Is it, <laughs> are costumes and dressing up really important to you? Is, do you people still go trick-or-treating or whatnot? I, I used to be so into it, and now it's like, you know, I, I more or less just kind of hide, keep the lights off, smoke a cigar.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I've been in retail for the last 20 years, so I just, <laughs> I just don't even know what Halloween is anymore. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Do you dress up though at work, Dave, on Halloween?
3: Uh, I like to, and I would like to think I want to, but like when I when it actually comes down to it, man, the last time the last time I dressed up at Halloween for a job was like 13 years ago. It was a Papageno's. I had long hair, and I dressed up as the crow. <laughs>
0: yep.
4: Do it again.
3: If I if my my hair won't be that long, then maybe I don't know. That's why, they, w- that's why they make wigs. Thank you. Yep. Buy a wig. Yes.
0: <laughs> I do make a good crow. Do you wear wigs? <laughs> I have been known on occasion, I cannot lie. <laughs> Would you wear wigs? Well, obviously, yes. I've done it on the podcast <clears throat> twice. <laughs> True. How about you, Bree? Are you oh, um, big into the
4: Halloween? Barely thing? even a question for Bri anybody that Halloween. knows me. Yeah, terrible mm-hmm. holiday. I hate it. Um, I I think with Halloween, I I'm spooky year round. People are always like, "Oh, what are you dressed up as?" And I'm like, "I'm just I'm just wearing what I wear." <laughs> but um, it just gets twenty times worse around Halloween. I have all sorts of random like costume compliments hats ears whatever you name it that i just tend to throw on at random points in october
2: mm-hmm. and then
4: i just go all out i probably have like at least 3 different costumes i can alternate between at any given time the decorations that just yeah it's just a whole mess so ha- halloween is uh more of a month to me than mm-hmm. a day
0: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> but, are yeah. you planning
0: anything in particular i know people who mm. spend lots of time and lots of money getting their costumes ready for halloween
4: Hmm. how
0: how much time and effort do you put into those brie
4: you know this year i think i'm just focusing more on the experience of halloween just enjoying the season i'm gonna dress up as whatever i decide to dress up out of my repertoire of random costumes and go out on the town maybe scare some people if possible um so yeah i i guess like i I never have a particular Halloween plan just because I enjoy everything about it. So I will just do whatever I possibly can, whether it's going to an impromptu costume party here or there, you know, going on a bar crawl. um, But absolutely 100% dressing up um, the entire last week of Halloween. So have you ever been to Salem to see that? Oh yes. Plenty of times. It's a crap show around Halloween. So Um, I kind of don't like going there on Halloween. I saw the coolest Um, costume
3: when I was on Halloween in Salem once and, it was uh, somebody dressed up as Jesus going down the street on a pogo stick. <laughs> and that was just epic. I was, Darth, I, was, pogo stick. I was Darth Vader that year. <laughs> <laughs> that was wicked cool. That was a lot of fun.
4: See, like, Salem's entertaining in that aspect. You see mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. But I feel like the most enjoyable time is, like, the first week of october or after halloween when Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything is like
0: more calm down yeah 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 what
2: about you pat so the fall is like my favorite season so i do love halloween Mm -hmm. but i'm kind of like the stooge when it's actually like whatever like trick-or-treating day is because i've developed this habit of like we have, typically, w- where I'm at, we have, like, a take two candy sign. Mm-hmm. So, take there, was, two. <laughs> there was one year when I was an undergrad, and I went home for Halloween, and there was this, I'm going to try to keep good language on this one, but there was this guy with, like, a bunch of kids, and he had kind of, like, a float on, like, connected to his truck, and it was a big pirate ship. And then, like, ten of these little sh- children <laughs> came off and this little kid that had a really crappy Jack Sparrow costume on, like it was atrocious, came and just took the entire bucket of candy and just deadlined it to the pirate ship. And I went out and I was like, hey, it's two per person. And he looks back and he's like, I just got you a bounty. And he just went and his dad was like, ha, it's good. And I'm like, it was like, you know, you look how much candy it is. It was like 100 a hundred bucks of candy. You know, so I was triggered so now every year i'm like i <laughs> dress up good and I,
0: <laughs> I i sit but out there you, are you like the bowl police now candy oh police? my god
2: i'm like i so there was one year that i dressed up like a scarecrow and i just sat in a chair whenever someone <laughs> took more than two i like scared the out of them you know that happened to me one year
3: i was a little kid and I remember seeing this, you know, the scarecrow, this guy dressed as a scarecrow, but I just thought it was a scarecrow. He was just like this, just sitting there, you know? And I was like, I just looked at it, and I kicked it in the shin, and it got up, and I was like, <laughs> I booked it off the lawn. I was, I was a little kid, though. You know, it wasn't like I was a teenager, like, trying to steal candy or nothing, but it, that scared the crap out of me. Oh, my gosh. It's so late last year. Uh, no, no. This is, this is this is back on Spring Street, Dan. Spring Way Street. yeah. I think it happened on where the old Beacon school was. Mhm. Down there. But uh yeah, it was I was a little. That scared the crap out of me. I'll never forget it.
0: Why did you kick it in the shin? Cuz it looked
3: it, I, I was just I wasn't like I hauled off and kicked it. I was just like, you know, you know, is it is it like what it just looked
0: you see a scarecrow and your first instinct is
3: just to just take kick it. it. Yeah.
2: am just vandalizing someone else's just property. Vandalizing property, Dave. I don't I don't know, know. That,
4: that could be a sign of like you know an urge for deeper violence there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do, 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 you, do you kick the Indian statue when you come to work? Damn straight.
3: Oh, Slap it off the head every day. Just to make sure it's fake. <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay, so it's trust issues then.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you planning on dressing <laughs> up this Halloween day?
3: Not as a scarecrow. <laughs> um, as a clown, I have I have no plans as of yet. Yeah. No uh,
0: plans as of yet. Mm-hmm. So probably not. Probably mm-hmm. not. You never know
3: though. Oh mm-hmm. no,
0: I know. If you haven't started planning now, it, it, nothing's going to pop into your head later. You'll wake up and it'll be like, oh wait, Halloween. Oh, that was last Thursday. Mm. Actually, it's Monday this year. Right? It's Monday. What it's a Monday. What a year. crap
3: day for Halloween. Yeah.
0: Mm.
3: That was the, that was the best part about 2020 that never happened is that every every holiday was on a great day for it mm-hmm. and nothing happened. It was Christmas was on a great day. Halloween was on a great day. Thanksgiving was on a great day and you couldn't do nothing. It stunk. It was the year that was supposed to be the best year cuz every everybody had like an extended weekend for every holiday. It was mm-hmm. amazing and it just got flushed in the
2: toilet.
0: Are you planning on dressing up as anything this year, Pep?
2: i think twins last year got the, yeah. the most of my costume so yes they did. Sure what, what did you year.
0: do uh last year
2: it was like that reno 911 costume
4: mm-hmm. i wish we could cue a picture but you know, mm-hmm.
2: got it was good
0: send it to me
3: and i'll pulled
2: it, pulled
0: it off. off you pulled it off really uh well <laughs> In the shorts and everything oh yeah you gonna okay, do thanks. that again this year you gonna be here for the uh the halloween party
2: what day is it it's a friday maybe
0: you guys yeah, should have I, had, uh,
2: like a... I think I committed a felony when I got out of my car. <laughs> yeah, you know, I lifted my leg up. Yeah, was, you I was going to send it to me. <laughs> you guys
4: should have like a limit one per customer special, like on certain cigars that you put out and just have Pat standing there with a whistle and like blowing it. I had, I, I, I had <laughs> a
2: whistle. I did have a whistle. No
4: signage. Just hey, one per customer.
2: I had a whistle. <laughs> I had a baton.
4: Mm.
2: I had some pretty damn good thighs. <laughs> good
0: so what are we thinking of the uh pipe tobacco now that we're a little ways into the uh little ways into the bowl here
3: i'm still liking it um Mm -hmm. the burley's to me are really in the background i'm getting so much of the virginia with this but i feel Mm -hmm. like the burley's just kind of like mellow out the virginia's just a little bit and make it a little bit more smooth a little bit more complex so you have to kind of think about it a little Mm -hmm. but this is a really, this isn't like a really good all-day Virginia, like something mm-hmm. I could smoke when I'm busy, mm-hmm. but I could still enjoy it.
0: There's a nice little citrusy kind of mm-hmm. sweetness to it, too, mm-hmm. that I like.
4: The spice is definitely building, too, mm-hmm. but it's going well on with the old-fashioned,
3: mm-hmm. too. Yeah. The retrohale is just a very, it's just like a smooth cream. Mm-hmm not much to it but it's it's,
0: it's like a creamsicle. mm Mhm. Cream kind of thing. No real spice. You know, uh mm-hmm. it, it's very enjoyable. The room notes nice too. It's got that kind of fruity kind of almost like an orangey citrusy kind of smell to it. Which and I haven't had the I haven't had a sip of the drink in a little bit so I I, I it think it's well. the pipe tobacco. Mhm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, this is really, this is a really decent blend.
0: Better be, it took them three months for it to get here. <laughs> and what, <laughs> great... If you
3: take a draw of the pipe right after you drink, mm-hmm. I get a huge burst of apricot.
0: I can appreciate that, yeah. I think you're right, Dave.
4: By golly, he is.
0: You get it too? hmm Mm-hmm. Mm. So when I was a kid, teenager back on Spring Street, my favorite thing to do for Halloween was a uh, werewolf costume. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And so you know, talking to old
3: werewolf. We're talking like you know, you know, early '80s classic werewolf. Yeah. Not even Teen Wolf, like before that.
0: <laughs> so it was really good. I decided, you know, that at first, you know, they asked me if I if I was going to dress up. Could I be like a you know, a demon deacon or something. I'm like, ah, that's a little. I'm still preaching. I can't. But I do the werewolf, and so I we've committed to that. And so it's a lot of corn, sorry. Myself. <laughs> No, no. This is this is going to be a whole new level. Whole I, I, new I level. Thought level you we're but...
4: uh, going to be Krampus. A new level. <laughs> oh, I thought about that too. Oh, Krampus. Krampus.
0: <laughs> oh, speaking the... of that, have you seen Werewolf Krampus? Have you have, <laughs> you, have you have you seen the uh, preview for that new Christmas movie, uh, Violent Night?
4: How have I not?
0: Wow. Oh, no, I...
3: it's the first I've heard of it.
0: Um, think of it like like a. Uh, die hard kind of a thing but bruce willis is played by santa claus okay okay and I santa claus santa claus is john is a barber the, the, the guy who plays hopper in um uh, i did stranger see that things trailer. and you know the he, the whole thing apparently takes place at this the house of this really wealthy people and these bad dudes come to like rob their personal safe which i guess has 300 million dollars in it and santa claus gets caught up in this and the little girl of the family asks santa for for help and he she's on his nice list (laughs) so he decides so (laughs) it's just this really raucous uh it's it's going to be kind it's going to be weird it's going to be weird to see but uh, i'm i'm looking forward to that i like the fat man that came out a couple years ago did you see the fat man the
4: fat man no.
0: no mel gibson is santa claus and and santa claus you know gives this dweeb jerk off of a kid a lump of coal for Christmas and he gets so ticked off he hires a hitman to go and kill Santa Claus and the the, the, the final scene where you know, the, the hitman and Santa are looking at each other I'm gonna kill you
4: fat man. that's like that episode of Family Guy
0: and and Santa Claus says you think you're the first <laughs> and they get into this huge fight and everything. it's it's just it's,
4: it's awesome
3: like Lethal Weapon in Santa Claus it's awesome yeah. Yeah. So I got I got that picture,
0: Pat. Yeah, let's see let's see the oh, picture of nice. Pat in the uh, costume here.
4: In kanji. Yeah.
0: Let's see it. There we go. There okay. we are.
4: There's the violation. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome.
2: Oh my goodness. That's just that's just really the first and only time I bought an eight x eighty asylum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure that's well not, this year you'll have I'm to sure do that's the nine ninety.
2: Right. I'm sure yeah. that's not
0: true. <laughs> I know you secretly like those eight eighties.
2: Yeah, Dan? Yeah. How I would see. you know that?
0: Don't lie to Pastor Padrone. I know
2: these things. Don't matter. throw the pastor out after that comment, Dan. It's weird. <laughs> oh, no.
0: I've seen you. I've seen you secretly admiring that.
2: Yeah.
4: Notice the lack of eye contact here.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's trying. (laughs) Notice how he's maintaining eye contact (laughs) here. (laughs) It's important. Eye contact is very important.
3: (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. yep. Oh, very cool.
1: That's what she said.
0: Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. So, what I'm getting from this conversation, everybody here kind of likes Halloween. Mm. But nobody here really is all that, like wicked into hell
4: except for me
0: except for you but you my you, you christmas kind still of still said you, you're like halloween all the time yeah so that's it's true. like so it's know, nothing you, any different yeah. it's it's not really any different mm-hmm. for you with you know it, today's halloween i mean look at you you're all Look pat you know he you know he had the cool costume last year but you know there's no commitment this year even you know come on you gotta got show up. I can't be the only person here who's gonna get airbrushed.
2: We'll see,
3: Dan. We'll you see. guys get all the fun. I don't even get to participate. It's not even fair. Whatever.
0: It's totally fair, Dave. Uh huh. You get out at seven. You could come over here. You could mm-hmm. en- enjoy the uh, party up Should here at the bar. We're gonna have night? like a gross bucket thing going on up here. Oh, you know, pay wrong. ten bucks, maybe, maybe reach maybe. into this really gross bucket of crap and pull out, and oh, here you got a you got a free beer, or. You know, and digging into this, oh a shot of a shot of a. Uh, you said free bear 20. so he'll be there. Yeah, yep down there. Or what Dave will pick out is the uh the public blow job
2: shot. <laughs> you, you took oh, a public really public awkward pause play. when you said before shot. Yeah, everyone's like almost Whoa. just put my two weeks in. <laughs> <laughs> almost Same. almost
0: You put your two weeks in just about every other week though. I'm
2: I'm used to that Pat. Every thrice weeks. Every thrice, thrice weeks. Every fortnight, yeah.
3: (laughs) I've had
0: it, Dan. I've
3: had enough. I'm out of here. (laughs) There's only so much fuente I can take it.
0: (laughs) Holy fuente, Ben. (laughs) Oh my goodness. These aren't
3: the fuentes you're looking for.
0: So, what's the final verdict here on the uh, Peterson's University flake? Is this something we should keep in the store? Is this something if it's we possible. Can, <laughs> we can, uh, you know, be telling people to try?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: My Peterson Dracula says yes.
0: The Dracula. Says Dracula.
3: I should have smoked my Dracula tonight. It's
4: the perfect night for it.
3: Yeah. Well, almost. Well, I'm almost. It's yeah. getting close. Perfect month for it. Yeah. Got right, a couple more weeks. Dave. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I'd recommend this just because mm-hmm. it's, like, yep. a really nope. good all-day... <laughs> it's a really good all-day Virginia. You know, it doesn't overwhelm you. Um, maybe, you know, even someone that might like an aromatic, it's not that strong. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd call it a medium at best. Um, I think it's really good. Yeah. Two thumbs up from Dave.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Pat. Trick?
2: Yeah, I'd suggest it. I mean, it's a... um. To me it was unique in the sense of like with a virginia it wasn't really too sweet it was more like dark and rich mm-hmm. like you know it's still like a natural sweetness to it but it wasn't like the predominant note wasn't a sweet note right it was more of that kind of dark rich you can call it a plum to me it was more like a stove fruit mm-hmm. but you know i think that it's it's kind of a if you don't really want something too too sweet again depending on what you're pairing or whatever it is I think it's it's good because it's, you know, it's good. Just rich.
0: Just rich. Yeah. Good rich.
2: It's a lot of Virginia's I, I smoke. Like it's very sweet, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just more. It's still sweet, but it has a lot more like dark richness to it.
0: Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. This is not the sweetest Virginia I've
4: had. I feel like it might even be less sweet depending on what you're drinking it with. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to have it with, um, like something. Um, more straightforward less fruity you might mm-hmm. get like a different experience from it yeah. like i'm really really getting that like it's causing that salivation mm-hmm. but i think it's mostly um the old fashioned more so than the pipe tobacco itself
0: Do you think this pairing worked
4: it was enjoyable it wasn't like my favorite in the whole world but it definitely was not bad at all it, okay. it didn't really um like nothing was taken away um Think it might it might be um, more sweet than my typical palette, but I mm-hmm. would absolutely recommend it to someone that was looking for a sweeter pairing.
0: Yeah, I'm enjoying it very much, but I I, I do think the barley wine and cigar was the mm-hmm. winning pairing. I me. agree with that.
3: Yeah. I agree with that totally. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, that's just about all the time we've got, and uh, next week you're going to want to be with us. We're gonna are, you, are we going to try and do this again next week here? I hope so yeah you hope so yeah, yeah. Pat yeah yeah Bree okay you think it's all right if we do it here
4: yeah I guess that's okay yeah all
0: right. um next week uh though it's going to be a really good show we're going to be doing the uh Foundation uh Eloense Mocha Latone Ooh. which is a fantastic the name alone cigar oh. from uh Foundation Cigar Company and we're also going to be doing uh Gawith Hogarth Best Brown number no. two flake which is a really really good uh, Virginia that's going to be fantastic Mm -hmm. next week so make sure you're with us here Tuesday night Facebook, YouTube 8 o'clock you're not going to want to miss it thanks for being with us tonight and we'll see you again next week you've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop right to you Wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down,